Welcome to Thoughts on Record, official podcast of the Ottawa Institute of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Each episode, we explore topics of interest to clinicians and mental health consumers from a cognitive behavioral perspective. I'm your host, Dr. P. Kelly. It's March 26, 2020, and at the moment, we find ourselves in the midst of a uh, pretty severe viral pandemic uh, that's going around the globe. This is not a podcast that I ever thought I would record, but nevertheless, here we are. In this time of relative uncertainty and uncontrollability, I thought it would be really important to provide people with some information about uh, how we get depressed and what maintains depression, because it's my sense that the table is set for depression in many of us, given what is going on. I guess I also want to say that there's no doubt that right now this is a very difficult time and that some amount of fear, anxiety depression is completely warranted and normal and expected. Uh, If you're a human being going through a situation like this, you are going to feel some unpleasant emotions uh, as our brain works to alert us to the danger that is surrounding us at the moment, or certainly the apparent danger. Obviously, this is a very uh, emergent situation, and there's lots of information coming in, some of of which is quite disturbing. But who knows in the long run how this all shakes out. But uh, nevertheless, I think everyone's Uh, threat detection system is up and running for sure. I certainly know that uh, mine is on some level. So I just want to note a couple of dynamics or things I've been thinking about around this and then uh, blend in a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy and then just give some general coping uh, tips that I think could be helpful. One of my suspicions is that what's going to happen over time is that the social distancing strategy is going to become, it's going to become very difficult for people from a mood perspective, given how social we are and how interconnected we are and how much we depend on uh, being connected with other people. It's one of the things that we're most concerned with as, uh, as human beings. And connecting with other people in formal and informal ways reflects a really uh, profound form of positive reinforcement. And Positive reinforcers are getting increasingly hard to come by with all the measures that are coming into play right now, right? So, for instance, even just going to the gym, I know that's that's representing a massive loss for a lot of people, uh, myself included. And uh, when we take away those positive reinforcers, uh, what, what happens is that we're more and more inclined to drift over towards using what we call negative reinforcers. The example that I typically would use to explain negative reinforcement would be your sleep, your alarm goes off, that annoying sound goes, you hit the snooze button and you're like, oh, fantastic. I've got 10 more minutes of blissful sleep ahead of me. Because you've made that aversive stimulus go away, uh, that action ultimately gets reinforced. And notice that it's a form of avoidance ultimately, right? And that's really important. So what happens is that when conditions are tough, when you know we've suffered a loss of some kind or circumstances evolve that make it difficult for us to access those positive reinforcers, either because circumstantially they're not available or perhaps even because our mood is not that great, right? we may just not feel like doing it. What's going to happen is that we're going to ultimately end up migrating over to these negative reinforcers, which again are ultimately characterized by avoidance. And while those avoidance strategies work in the short term, uh, they're sort of a poison pill uh, in the sense that they work they work in the short term, but in the long run, they they detach us from things in our lives that need to get done, that need to be addressed. And ultimately, it detaches us from our values. So things that are important to us just aren't getting done. They aren't being service for our behavior. 
And when we are start to move away from our values, our mood can really start to suffer. I, I, I truly believe that our brain is designed to detect the gap between the values which we say are important and the kind of behaviors that we're engaging in. And when there's a big gap between our values and our behavior, uh, our brain's going to generate depression, dysphoria, anxiety is a way of orientating us to that uh, gap and uh, getting us to try and uh, address that. W- what is a value in uh, in any case, uh, values refer to activities that give our lives meaning, right? Values are not goals. Uh, they're not things that we sort of accomplish per se. Instead, they are more like a compass. They guide us and help us make choices that are based on directions in which we believe that we want our lives to go. Uh, what I always tell clients is like, think about heading west on a globe, right? You're never going to get quite west. There's no actual west to land on, right? It's just a direction that you're going in. In uh, practically speaking, if one has a value of being a good friend or being a lifelong learner, those aren't that you may have interim goals along the way that reflect those values, but you're never quite done achieving those values. They're directions that you go in, right? So uh, at, at a time like this, it's absolutely critical that you identify your values, right? You're living out your values is going to give you a sense of meaning. Having a sense of meaning is going to arm you with what you need to make it feel like it's worth going through whatever it is that we need to go through in the next little while as human beings. And uh, if the last two weeks have been any indication, um, it could be a very challenging period for us coming up. I mean, who knows? No one has the crystal ball, least of all me. But man, does it ever feel like we are in uncharted territory, at least with respect to the time course of uh, our lives? Certainly human beings have been going through this kind of thing forever uh, and have made it through. You wouldn't be here, in fact, if all your ancestors hadn't made it here, right? So we're pretty tough. There's lots of good reasons to be optimistic. Uh, but nevertheless, there's no doubt that this is a, uh, a challenging t- uh, time. So I want to try a little exercise, okay? Just to give you an activity to uh, help you uh, chart the right course, let's say. So what I'd like you to, or what I'd invite you to do is make a list of your values, right? So values would typically be like, you know, your romantic relationship, your friends, Family, work, community, self-care, fun, being a lifelong learner, uh, academic pursuits. So you put these down on a list, right? And you can, you can Google this as well. There's plenty of uh, values, uh, exercises that you can find online. But if you're just looking for a quick and dirty one, this will do. So you make a list of all those values. And now beside each of those values, you put down how important they are using a scale from zero to 100, for example, a romantic relationship you might put at 100. Friends you might put 90. Family you might put 100. Work you might put 30. Now, beside each of those numbers, what I want you to do is to assess how much of your behavior is going into servicing those values relative to the importance that you've indicated. And the way you do that is just very simple. You put too much, too little, or just right. So I'll give you an example. So if you put down friends as being uh, 90 out of 100 important, and yet you haven't texted anybody or emailed anybody or Zoom videoed with somebody or Skype with somebody in the past week, perhaps you'd consider putting down too little, right? And so on and so forth. You do this for all the other values, right? And what you'll find is that if you're not feeling particularly good from a psychological perspective, if your mood is low or anxiety is high, you're going to see a lot of gaps between the how important you say things are and the amount of behavior that's going into them. And again, that's your brain trying to give get it your attention and say, hey, you're saying that this thing is really important and yet none of our behavior is going into it. I need to alert you to this, right? 
when our behaviors align with our values, there's going to be a strong sense of meaning. One way that you can make sure that your values are being lived out regularly is through having a schedule or routine that ensures that these things are happening on a regular basis. Now, of course, we all need to be a little bit creative at the moment with respect to how uh, how this is able to happen, right? But it's really important that we try. We don't have the luxury ever really of abandoning our values for any prolonged period of time. It's just not going to work. It's going to result in low mood, lethargy, amotivation, anhedonia, you know, things like that, right? Again, think about exercise. I'm truly missing being able to go to the gym. It feels like a real loss at this particular moment. Although I, I, sh- I will say, if that ends up being the worst problem that I have out of all this, I will consider myself to be extremely lucky. But nevertheless, the gym reflects a loss. It just truly does. So what I've been doing is uh, improvising exercises at home, that which are by no means living up to my <laughs> expectation of what I'd like to do, but it, it's some attempt to service that value in the context of uh, a challenging situation. I'm you know, simply doing the best that I can. Personally, I don't have the luxury of abandoning that value. I, I know where that's going to go. And uh, it's worth getting creative and putting the effort into that in order to try and make that happen, right? I think another uh, thing that's worth getting creative about is staying in contact with friends and family, uh, electronically, of course, uh, given the social distancing um, strategies that we've all had to put in place. You know, reality is very difficult for one brain to construct. We need to consult with others we need to process these kind of things. They're, they're too big for our own little minds to understand. We need to process it with people, roll it over in our minds, say it out loud, say it incorrectly, be corrected by others. We need that processing to happen in order to get our, get our brains around it. If you don't have someone to speak to, if you're alone, if you're isolated, please reach out to the Ottawa Distress Center, 613-722-6914 inside Ottawa and 1-866-996-0991 outside Ottawa and talk with those folks. That's what they're there for. Don't try and figure this out all on your own. Don't try and process it all on your own. You're going to need someone to talk to, right? Uh, It's critically important. Just a couple of other thoughts that are coming up for me that seem to appear over and over again in my conversations with uh, clients this week. I would really, really suggest that folks try to moderate how much they're watching the news and engaging on social media. Even just the, the quickest of glances at Google News or uh, Twitter reveals just a litany of stories, uh, none of which are particularly positive. They may be accurate. I'm certainly not um, saying that they're not accurate, but not very positive. And more importantly, um, I think they contribute to our sense of helplessness. I find reading the news at this time, especially in that 24-hour news cycle, you get only the downside of all the activation of those stories without any of the upside of being able to do anything about it. For most of us, really, the most important thing we can do is wash our hands, stay in the house, stay away from other people. And that's truly about it. Even if I woke up tomorrow morning and read a story that there's 50,000 new uh, COVID-19 cases in Ottawa, would I do anything differently? Probably not. I would just continue to do what I'm doing. So in that sense, you know, I'm certainly not advocating that people stick their head in the sand and, you know, render themselves ignorant to what's going on. Far from it. But I do think the dose, there's a dose response curve here, if we want to put it sort of in uh, pharmaceutical language. Uh, 
just the right dose of information to be able to make educated, informed, common sense decisions, protect yourself and your family. I do think it is very easy to quote unquote overdose and to, again, really activate yourself, get all the downside of all that activation without any of the upside of control uh, around that. Building on that, I think it's critically important right now to have a keen sense of what you can control versus what you cannot. The problem with control, of course, is that it's always in the eye of the beholder, right? Uh, There's perceived control versus actual control. So you want to think those things through. Um, In general, where where we actually do have control, we want to gravitate towards problem-focused coping strategies that address that that address that actual problem. If there's a bill that needs to be paid, open the envelope, stick in the check, send it back, pay it, right? On the other hand, if it's something more to be grieved and accepted, we want to gravitate towards more emotion-focused strategies, which are designed to manage our emotional reaction. My suspicion is that in a time like this, where there truly is quite a bit of uncontrollability, a lot of folks are trying to use problem-focused coping strategies to address uncontrollable problems. And it ultimately, it's going to wear them down. It's going to lead to burnout. It's going to leave them feeling helpless and hopeless because there's a mismatch between the strategies that they're trying to use and the actual controllability of the problems that they're trying to address. Now is a time, if you don't have a mindfulness uh, meditation practice, now would be a wonderful time to start. There is a a uh, whole bunch of really quite high quality apps out there that one can use. I don't want to name any by name in particular, but there's a lot of them which are really good. And um, so mindfulness skills will take you a long way in a, a situation like this. And where I think mindfulness allows you to get to is having a non-judgmental awareness of your emotions right now, right? Being curious about what's coming up for you, watching them non-judgmentally, not trying to push them away and practicing lots of self-compassion, not judging the fact that you're fearful, not judging the fact that you're anxious, not judging the fact that your mood is, is feeling kind of low right now. It's really important to fully grieve and accept that which we cannot change or that which is making us truly sad or that which reflects a loss, you know, uh, there, I think there's, there's a difference between positive thinking and being grateful, right? I mean, I think gratitude is about truly and genuinely appreciating about what's going right. I think positive thinking, the way that I see it used is sort of just a way to mollify a lot of unpleasant emotions by going the other way and overcompensating. And typically doesn't just, it just doesn't work. It doesn't make people feel better because it's not grounded in anything, right? So I would certainly advocate, you know, a perspective of gratitude, but not necessarily positive thinking just for the sake of positive thinking. It's got to be based in something. And I do think there's lots to be grateful about, right? We have a healthcare system that is superb, not perfect, but superb. And uh, again, a big shout out to all the frontline healthcare workers who are keeping us safe right now. It must be an extremely scary time for them. And again, we need to do our part in protecting them by practicing the social distancing. Uh, Let's do our part so we can allow those folks to do the amazing work that they do. Right. Uh, So we have a superb healthcare system. The electricity works. I have to only go to my kitchen sink and turn on the tap for clean, purified water to come out. The list goes on. It's just a miracle that so much of what we have works. And hopefully this is a cue for us to stop taking those things for granted and just to see that every day in our society is a miracle on some level 
And this COVID-19 situation is just illustrating uh, how fragile we actually really are. And again, I hope this is an opportunity for us to connect to the, uh, you know, the true miracle that our, that our modern society is. I mean, it's not perfect and there's many things that are wrong with it. Social media, don't get me started, but that's one of them. But in any case, lots to be grateful for, right? I would also suggest you'll get a lot of mileage out of maxing out your willingness to have emotions rather than trying to suppress them. There's these so-called ironic processes where you, tr- if you try and make an emotion go away, it only comes back stronger. If you try to make a thought, a thought go away, it only comes back stronger. Let those thoughts simply come into your mind. Be non-judgmental about it. Thank your brain for having them. Those are some preliminary thoughts based on some of the uh, conversations that I've been having with folks this week. As I discuss this with clients, I think other themes are going to come out. Other ways of thinking about it are going to emerge, and I'd really like to share that perhaps week over week. So take care, be safe, practice social distancing, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed the podcast as much as I did. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And now for the mandatory disclaimer. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Kelly and that of his guests. Content of the podcast should not be taken as psychological advice and is for general information only. Please consult your mental health professional for any specific questions around your psychological health. In no way does listening to our content establish a psychologist-client relationship. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect patient confidentiality. Finally, this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. 